Amen, amen. Well, good morning, everybody. Good to see all you guys here. I'm Pastor Josh. I'm the preaching pastor, lead pastor at Living Waters, and I'm thankful to see all of you guys here this morning. If you have a copy of God's Word, open it up to Matthew 11. We're going to be in Matthew 11, and we're going to be reading verses 25 through 30 together. I'm so thankful that all of you guys are able to join us this morning. Um, As you turn in your Bibles to Matthew 11, just want to talk about the tornado for a little bit, what's going on, an update, and uh, kind of the latest things here. So um, I think we have some tornado pictures that we can show you. So there's just some things that have happened. Um, Yeah, this is just some pictures of... Guys, can you get that that screen going for me too so I can see what you're seeing? That'd be helpful. Thank you. Um, But these are... There's just... Oh, all right. I get what I ask for, you know, sometimes. Um, but if you, if you were around, obviously, yesterday, this was just to the north of, or to the south of our house. This is 34th and Army Post Road. And you guys know that White House on the corner there. There's a lot of, a lot of mess there, a lot of stuff going on. Um, the Three Lakes area, that's the Three Lakes Parkway, just off of 72nd and Pine right there. So that got hit. Uh, but overall, I mean, we could say that for the southeast corner of the city and Carlisle, Norwalk, we were very, very blessed, very blessed to not endure what Winterset has gone through, maybe what some of the other sections near Runnels, like some of those, those country areas uh, really hit. Danielle and I were watching the tornado, and of course, Danielle spotted the tornado, so my wife is a tornado spotter, and she spotted the tornado on the top of the hill and, and saw the rotation up on Army Post Road up there, and it was, it was really, really amazing. And we were thinking just about the mercy of God, the mercy of God. Had that tornado been just, just even an eighth of a mile to the north, that would run right, right through our neighborhood, which would have been a very different Sunday morning experience than what we're having right now. So we can thank God for His mercy and His grace. And here's just... As we're thinking about helping and thinking about stepping into needs, here's just a couple guiding thoughts for you, okay? Number one, I think the number, the number one most important thing that we can do as a church is pray, okay? Pray. Um, we're not asking you to run, go help every single need that you know of or you hear of. Just pray for, for God to be at work. The, the latest update we got um, from Winterset is that there's more volunteers than there are needs right now. Can you get it in Iowa? Amen. I mean, that is amazing, right? That's totally an Iowa thing. There's more volunteers than we have needs in Winterset. Even in our area, there's just specific needs. And if you are asking how you can be involved or how you can serve, see John Jeske or Jason Anderson. And there's just a couple needs that came our way. We're looking into those. If we can step in and help, we're going to try to help. Uh, but that's not like we're organizing groups. We're not doing like the whole church is going out to this neighborhood. We're not doing that. We're just praying. And if there's a need that you know of right away, uh, go meet that need. And the reason we canceled all of our evening stuff tonight is because we just want you to go be a neighbor. Amen? Like just go be a neighbor to your neighborhood. Go, go ask how people are doing. If there's trash that needs to be picked up, if there's things that you can do, uh, there's a lot of insurance claims going on, amen? Don't get your hands in business. You don't have any business touching. But if there's trash that needs to be picked up, if there's practicals that you know 
in your neighborhood. Please meet those needs. That's why we're not meeting tonight with youth and kids and starting point and all that. Uh, just go out and be Christians uh, to your neighbors, okay? Uh, the, the third thing to think through is our sister churches, Winterset, Redeemer Church, Jason Gerwell, very dear friend of mine. They are up above their head with, with needs and busyness right now. So if we could be praying for Redeemer Church and every other gospel church in Winterset to just really be binding together to meet needs, that would be an awesome prayer to pray. I know my folks are down there. It's my hometown, yada, yada, yada. So I'm, I have personal concerns to get down there to help clean up. But if you could just be praying for the churches down there, that would be huge. It'd be a great blessing. Also, if you could be praying for uh, the Altoona area, the Runnels area, uh, we have a sister church there. Greg Pollock and High Point Church are there. They've got a, a, a handful of needs as well that they're meeting this morning. So we're going to be praying for them too. And so let's just keep all the gospel churches that are in the path of a tornado, let's just keep them in our prayers all across the state and ask God to do a great work. In Winterset, I know there are seven deaths is the last number I heard. Two of those deaths were, were kids five and younger. So if you could just be praying, like we're going to pray now uh, as we get into the word, but we'll certainly intercede for those families. And God brings us to these places so that we can do more than just meet as a church where we take the gospel out to where we can and share the love of Christ everywhere we can go, okay? So that's just a few commentaries on that. If you feel super burdened to help out, and if there are still any needs remaining, see uh, Jason and John after service, and we'll talk more about that at the end. But let's pray together. Father, thank you. We love you, God. We worship you, God. We lift up our brothers and our sisters in Christ in Winterset right now. We lift up Redeemer Church. We lift up Jason Gerwell. We lift up the other gospel preaching churches that are in the town. And God, we ask that you would be very close to the families who have lost loved ones. Lord, may your Holy Spirit speak to the souls of those people who are hurting so badly. And Lord, would you lead one Christian to them to share the good news of Jesus' forgiveness and his grace. Lord, may you comfort the hearts of people who have lost people. And Lord, there's a whole bunch of people who have lost things. So we pray, God, for the communities where houses have been pushed down, where, where materials are just spread out everywhere, where destruction, as far as you can see, God, in as much as you want Redeemer Church and other gospel churches in Winterset to be a part of the reconstruction, Lord, please allow that to happen for your glory. Lord, we pray for High Point, our sister church in Altoona. We ask for all the needs that they're meeting this morning, that you would really bless and move out the church into communities where they can really make a difference. And Lord, would you be with our church? Lord, we are, we are aware of limited damage, but God, would you please help every person in this church who lives in neighborhoods, Lord, just to be a neighbor to be Christ, gentle and lowly to those around us. And Lord, would you open up gospel doors? Lord, allow us to do whatever we can do. And Lord, when we can't do any more, help us to pray. 
and help us to pray well, Lord, so that your kingdom would be expanded, so that more people would worship Jesus, and that people would hear about the forgiveness of sins. Lord, may you sustain us. We need you. It's been a really weird week. Really weird week. And God, there's war in Ukraine. We pray for Russia and Ukraine. We pray, God, for the the apartment fire just up the street and all the things in between. God, we need your word now. We need your spirit to come and speak through your word now. Because none of us are sufficient to handle all the things that are coming our way. But Lord, we look to Jesus with joy and we freely say, even so, Christ, come now. Speak to us now. And Lord, we look forward to your second coming as well. Even so, come Lord Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen. So we are continuing our sermon series here and we're going to read verses 25 through 30 of Matthew chapter 11. So start with me in verse 25 of Matthew 11. The Word of God says this, At this time Jesus declared, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you have hidden these things from the wise and the understanding, and you have revealed them to little children. Yes, Father, for such was your gracious will. All things have been handed over to me by my Father, and no one knows the Son except the Father. And no one knows the Father except the Son, and anyone to whom the Son chooses to reveal Him. Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest for your soul. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Praise God for the reading and hearing of his word. So we are continuing our, our Easter sermon series, Countdown to Easter. And we have six Sundays left till Easter, people. Amen? Six Sundays until we celebrate the resurrection of Christ. And certainly we're celebrating the resurrection this morning, of course, but six Sundays to Easter. I heard the choir practice yesterday. B-Song had them, you know, singing up here in a, like a half circle. And oh my, church, oh my, oh my, we are in for a treat on Easter Sunday. So buckle up, Easter choir is getting ready, and uh, we're pretty excited. My sermon for this morning is titled, My Yoke is Easy. And my burden is light. And I think there are at least three sermons in these six verses. At least three sermons. And there are probably more sermons in these six verses. But because the text is so rich and dense, and because of the circumstances around us being pressing, we will just agree to do one sermon this morning. Amen? Just one. But what Jesus is saying to this crowd that is gathered around him is almost too mind-blowing to understand or to grasp fully. It is unreal what he's saying. He says, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So the big idea this morning is that Jesus is calling you to yoke up with him 
And when you yoke up with him, it will transform your life. When you yoke up with Jesus, it'll transform your life. And you're like, yoke up? What are we talking about? What is a yoke? Like an egg yoke? Is that what we're talking about? No, a yoke is a harness. And so Julie McDaniel gave me a picture of this. So this is a yoke, not the animals, the things connecting the animals. That is the yoke. All right, so the yoke is a harness that connects two animals that pull heavy loads. So a yoke was used to pull a cart, right? So a, a, a couple animals pulling a cart or pulling a plow, probably a field, you know, a picture, a metaphor in your mind of, of two animals pulling a yoke through a field and um, getting ready for, you know, springtime and sowing seed into the ground or pulling valuable material, going from one place to another, pulling a heavy load. Now, to yoke up with Jesus, all right, not only do we have a picture of a yoke, but I have a physical yoke with me this morning. Of course, Julie Biddle has a yoke, amen? Of course she does. I asked for a yoke this week. Julie Biddle's like, I got a yoke. And I'm like, thank the Lord. Okay, now, this is a yoke. So, as you can see, all right, it's old school. It's antique probably is, goes in a really important place in Julie's house, so I'll try not to break it. But when you put a yoke on, all right, you're yoking up, right? If you're an animal, you're yoking up with another animal. There is another yoke fellow with you. And as you're, and as you're yoked up, all right, this is what it means. You're, you're actually underneath constriction. You have to go a certain way at a certain time to be productive and to be valuable. So the yoke, all right, when you yoke up with Jesus, you're literally putting on Jesus's yoke with him next to you. And what I'm saying is the big idea of the passage is when you yoke up with Jesus, it'll change your life. Amen? When you get in the same yoke with Christ, your life is going to change. That's not the last time I'm going to use that, by the way. Okay. So that leads to the question. As we look at the text, what's the question that begs to be asked? The question that begs to be asked in this text is, what is the truth about salvation? What is the truth about yoking up with Christ? What does it mean to be saved? What does it mean to yoke up with Jesus and obey him and live for him? That's the question we're going to answer this morning. Now, in our culture today, there's a lot of confusion about what it means to be saved or to be yoked up with Christ. I don't know if you get confused by social media or you get confused by the news or you get confused by conversations that you've had with people who profess Jesus. But there's a lot of people in our culture who profess Christ, right? Right? Can we all agree to that? So there's a lot of people that profess Christ, say, hey, I don't want to go to hell. Jesus is my Savior. Jesus is my Savior. But yet what we're seeing in our culture is we are seeing a divergence of pathways and life values that seem to contradict one another with both parties saying, I love Jesus. Does that make sense? So I think that's the question that is begging to be asked. What does it really mean then? What's the truth? of being saved, being yoked with Christ. What does that really mean? And I think that's the question that Jesus is after. He says, take my yoke upon you and learn from me, 
Because salvation doesn't happen any other way. And so we're going to see three truths this morning about yoking up with Jesus. Three truths about yoking up with Jesus and what it means for us. Truth number one about the yoke. Everyone is tired and yoked up. Okay, verse 28. Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest for your souls. Jesus says, come to me, who? What kind of people is Jesus inviting to come with him? He is inviting the people who labor and who are heavy laden. Well, what does that mean? Well, the first word, labor, that means effort. It's a very aggressive word. It means um, actively working to the point of exhaustion. So Jesus says, come to me, you who are actively laboring to the point of exhaustion. How many of you have been there this week? Yeah. Where you're laboring to the point of it. I mean, you are working hard all the time. And how many of you feel totally 100% satisfied with all the work you've put in this week? Zero. All right. Or a few confident kids in here. Okay. But most of us are like, I, I worked so hard and I'm still living in a sin-cursed world and I am sin-cursed in my heart and mind and the whole experience leads me to feel the weight of labor. And Jesus looks at that person and he says, come to me. You're tired? You're aggressive? Aggressively tired? Come to me. How many people are going to feel that way at the end of today in the state of Iowa who are following that tornado path? A bunch of people. A bunch of people are going to work so hard today that they are going to feel this word labor. They're going to just be actively sweating and moving stuff and creating things and moving things around. And they're going to, they're going to collapse exhausted in their bed tonight in Iowa because they've been doing tornado pickup all day long. And some people won't even sleep tonight. They'll just keep working through the night and they'll go to the next day and the next day. And eventually, they'll experience this word labor. But this is the way God said it would be. In Genesis 3, 17 through 19, God is laying out the curses of sin for Adam and Eve and, and uh, the snake. And he said, Cursed is the ground because of you. And in pain you shall eat of it all the days of your life, thorns and thistles it shall bring forth for you, and you shall eat the plants of the field by the sweat of your face. You shall eat bread till you return to the ground, for out of it you were taken, for you are dust, and to dust you shall return. Only a few things are guaranteed in life, right? Death, taxes, and really hard work your whole life, amen? That's your yoke. Your yoke is labor. You're born with a yoke. And that yoke is very hard, very, very sin-cursed labor on a sin-cursed world. And it feels super exhausting. That is part of your yoke in this world. It's not fun. Nobody likes it. But whether you are a Christian or not a Christian, that is your reality. Secondly, Jesus said, if you labor, come to me. And if you're heavy laden, come to me. The yoke of being heavy laden. Jesus invites those people to come to him. The word heavy laden means weight. All right? And it's, it's passively getting dumped on. Where you didn't do it, but someone is dumping a load of work on you. 
Someone is dropping a load of weight on your shoulders. You didn't invite it. You didn't ask for it. But all of a sudden, you're dealing with really hard things. And I know in a congregation this size, there's a lot of people feeling that this week. I got dumped on this week. I got dumped on with extra work. I, my manager got fired. Now I have extra work. I have, I've got stuff that didn't, I didn't plan for. There was a tornado that did not even ask my permission if it could come. And all of a sudden, I have these extra things on my plate. I didn't, I didn't, I wasn't expecting this person to die, but now they did die. And now we've got a massive amount of responsibility to walk through this week. We get dumped on in this life. And not only that, just the regular burdens of life, there's a religious side to this too, where we're trying to please God with our lives, but we're getting dumped on by who? By religious leaders themselves. Religious leaders and prophets and counselors, they just lay heavy burdens. And this is what was happening in Christ's day. Matthew 23, verse 4. Jesus is describing the Pharisees and the Sadducees, and he says, They tie up heavy burdens hard to bear, and they lay them on people's shoulders. But they themselves are not willing to move even a finger to help. So in Jesus' day, it's much like today. There's a lot of religiosity, right? And you're, you're walking with your yoke of hard work, and you're getting dumped on by the Bible at times. The law of God is heavy and it weighs and you're like, I don't measure up. I'm not doing the right thing. And you're struggling with depression and sin and things like that. And you're, you're really hurting, right? You're feeling the weight of walking in a sinful world. And you go to your religious leaders and they say, here's a Bible verse. Here's a Bible verse. Here's a Bible verse. Here's a Bible verse. Here's a Bible. And you're like, I'm tired. Like, bro, sister, help me out here. Like, I... I, I need something to help me. This is heavy. And oftentimes, very well-meaning Christians and very well-meaning fellow believers and stuff like that, they can just be like, Bible verse bomb! Bible verse bomb! And, and you feel the weight of trying to please God, but you know that your flesh is weak and you can't fulfill every spiritual command in the Bible and you feel like you're worthless and you're not operating as a Christian the way that you should be and you're just not living up to somebody's expectations and suddenly the weight of this yoke of sin is hard and it makes you want to just fall to the ground and, you, and you're just saying, does anybody understand this? And Jesus says, come to me. Heavy laden people, come to me. Now, in this life, you're going to have this yoke of burden. Like, you will not be able to escape this. You don't have to be a Christian. Whether you're a Christian or not, you get the yoke. Amen? Like, whether you're a believer or not. You could be Hindu, Buddhist, atheist, agnostic, whatever. The reality is, no matter what you is, you're going to have this on your shoulder all the time. And if you look at who's with you in this yoke, You've got humans, you've got trying to please people, you've got your own sin, you've got all this stuff right next to you, and you're like, oh, this is not great, <laughs> you know? Because who's in the yoke with me? Religious leaders? Other humans? Expectations? Sinful burdens? And you're just stuck on this side of the, of the rope, and you're just like, what do I, 
What do I do? What is the answer for this? Well, the point of what Jesus is saying is he's saying, look, all you who are laboring and heavy laden, all of you, come. The first thing I think that would be very good for us to understand about the gospel and about how to be saved is that everybody's going through this. Amen? Everybody is going through this yoke weight. Everybody's got it. And I think it's a common denominator. So like, don't get judgy. Don't get too harsh with other people. They're going through stuff. They're going through hard things. They've got sin that they're trying to bear up underneath. And without Jesus, some of them are doing it without Christ. Even this morning in in really religious Iowa, with all these people doing good and helping out, there are some people who will wake up and, and put together their tornado damage without Jesus. And I'm like, how do you even do that? The weight that you must feel for trying to pick up your own life is unbearable. So that's truth number one. Truth number two about being saved and and yoking up with Christ is that being saved requires switching yokes. If you want to get saved and go to heaven, you have to switch yokes. Verse 29. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and I am lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. Take my yoke upon you. Jesus asks you to switch yokes. Salvation requires switching yokes. It requires it. So, You have to go from this yoke, right? You're burdened by your sin here. And you have to look across the stage of your life. And you need to see that Jesus is on the other side. He also has a yoke. And he's saying, hey, you, come here. Get over here. Come here now. And no, I don't want you to bring your yoke over here. I want you to put that yoke down, walk over here, and get with me. Get with me. This is salvation. Salvation is making the decision to go from this painful, sin-cursed, sin-enslaved spot and you go to yoke up with Christ and you are now enslaved to him. Okay, now here's, here's something that's really, really key. When Jesus says to switch yokes, he doesn't mean a yoke-free life. He does not mean, hey, get rid of this sinful yoke of burden and just be free, butterfly. Be free, Christian. Just do whatever you want. Say whatever you want. Live however you want. Make whatever decisions you want to make. That's a false gospel. Freedom, according to Jesus, is get off of this sinful yoke and you know what? Yoke up with me, which comes with certain requirements and expectations, but they're just much better. Come to grace, come to gentleness, come to humility, but understand you were a slave of sin, now you will be a slave of righteousness. There is an American gospel that will tell you, you're free to live however you want to live. Make whatever choices you want to make. How is that working out for our culture, by the way? We are not super great at making great decisions when we have freedom to make great, to make decisions. We have a history of when we feel free to wreck our lives. 
So what Jesus is saying is salvation is simply transferring yokes. Put that yoke down. Come to this yoke. Yoke up with me. And as you do that, I will show you who I am. I will help you get through this life. So now this is kind of scary, right? Because we all know that this sinful yoke stinks, right? We all understand that. We know this. We know that our addictions, we know our pills, we know our substance abuse, we know our, all of our curse words, we know all of our stuff, and we know that this life stinks. We understand that. But we look over at Jesus and we say, I don't know that I'm ready to just go in with you, man. I'm not sure I'm ready to yoke up with you. Because quite frankly, I'm a little scared about what that means. That's a little uncomfortable for me. And Jesus says, well, doesn't your yoke, doesn't it stink? Doesn't it hard? Isn't it heavy? You're like, yeah, but it's, but it's familiar. I know this pathway. I don't know your pathway. Where, where are you going to take me? What are you going to do to me? Are you going to kill me? Are you going to ruin my life, Jesus? If I yoke up with you, what are you going to do over there? And we just feel this, this weight of pressure to stay on this path leading to nowhere and to this sin that keeps us chained to a bad yoke. And we look around and we say, this is not great, but at least I know it. Salvation is switching yokes, having the faith to not be afraid. Remember how Jesus stood on the boat and he said, Peter, walk on the water to me. Come, come. Right, there's a moment in your life as a, as a sinner where you have to just let the old yoke down. And move over to Christ and say, Christ, I'm with you. I'm yoking up with you. Jesus said, come and take my yoke upon you and learn from me. Learn from me. Jesus doesn't say, hey, I'll, I'll turn you all around next week. Don't worry, you come here. It'll be nothing but butterflies and rainbows and a great life. No, there, it's going to be a shock to the system, right? Those of you who've been saved, <laughs> Y'all know that shock of system when you lay that old yoke down, you come to the new yoke of Jesus and you're like, what is going on? This is so different. I feel so uncomfortable right now because this is different and new. It will be a shock to your system, but Jesus says, learn from me. Come learn from me. I know. I know what's going on. I know what sins you've struggled with, but I am gentle and lowly in heart. So when you yoke up with Christ... You get in with him. You make that decision to believe in Jesus. You get on yoke with Jesus. You look him in the eyes, and you know what you see? Gentleness and humility. Wow. That's different than over there. He's gentle and he's humble. He looks me in the eyes with gentleness, he looks me in the eyes with humility. Well, let's just take a look at that. This is the only time in the Bible that Jesus tells us about his heart. This is it. We know a lot about his miracles. We know a lot about his teaching. We know a lot about his actions. We don't know much about his heart, the heart of Jesus, except right here. This is the only place in the Bible. And he says, my heart is gentle and my heart is humble. The word gentle means meek which means strength under control. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. 
Dane Ortland said it very well when, when commenting on this reality of Jesus. He said, Jesus is meek, humble, gentle. Jesus is not trigger happy. He's not harsh. He's not reactionary. He's not easily exasperated. He is, he is one of the most understanding people in the universe. And the posture most natural to him is not a pointed finger, but open arms. Amen. He's gentle in that he wants to embrace us as sinners. When we come over from our, our yoke of sin and we come over to his yoke, he embraces us. Think about how amazing that is for us sinners who have offended God with our lives. We've sinned so much and we finally make that decision and Jesus isn't like, hey, you're welcome in heaven, but here's the fine print of heaven. Here's what you need to know. You messed up this year, this thing. You did this decision, this thing. Jesus is not pointing fingers. He's opening his arms. Praise God. You're yoked up with a man who is gentle. He's also humble or lowly. And the word humble there means God opposes the proud. He gives grace to the humble. And Dane Ortland, once again, he nails it when he's defining this. He said, the point is saying that Jesus is lowly is that he's accessible. No one has ever been more approachable than Jesus. No prerequisite, no hoops to jump through. Jesus is lowly, which means he's accessible to you and me. Now, if you're a Christian, that's great news. Because when you got saved, you walked in and you got yoked up with the man who is gentle and lowly toward you. Which means he's transforming you into his image. Which means as you live out your Christian life, you know what you should be towards people more and more as you are conforming to the image of Christ, gentle and lowly. So the, for those of you Christians who are knowing Christ and you have this opportunity this afternoon and evening to go minister to your neighborhoods, whatever that looks like, I hope you're gentle and I hope you're lowly. I hope you're easy to talk to. I hope that you have the spirit of Christ's love with you as you go. Whatever you're doing to help out, I hope you're doing it with a gentle spirit and a lowly spirit because that reflects Jesus. And if you're not saved yet, this is what I'm telling you this is the most beautiful thing about Christ. You can come to him with all your sin burden. You can come to him with all your offense and all your pride and he will just say, I don't care. I died on the cross for that. I rose again. Come here. Hug me. How many people in our world just need a hug from Jesus? Some salvation. That's truth number two. To be saved, you have to switch yokes. And the third truth is yoking up with Jesus is better than anything else. Verse 30. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So the thing about Jesus that he says about his yoke is that it's, it's easy. Hmm. <laughs> easy means what? Good and comfortable. Come and take my yoke upon you because it's, it's good and comfortable. Right? Now, we come to Christ, we yoke up with Jesus and we say, Lord, how's it? How's it going? He's like, well, here, my yoke is easy and comfortable. I like that. Any other Christian like that? That's good. Easy and comfortable. Well, like, what does that mean? He's like, well, it means you're going to die, you know? Oh, okay. Like, it means you're going to get persecuted for my namesake. Oh, that sounds, 
easy, I guess. All right, so what is the answer to that question? Is the Christian life easy or is it hard? Yes. It is both easy and hard. It's hard in the sense of human measurement. If you come to Christ, Jesus will say, you must deny yourself, take up your cross daily and follow me. You might die for the sake of the name of Christ. You might get persecuted for the name of Christ. People in America might not give you as much Facebook likes if you post something on Facebook. You may have people on social media not pay attention to you. You may have people say hard things to you. You might get persecuted for the faith. That doesn't sound easy. Well, it's not easy to be a Christian. It's hard. But if you consider the alternative, it's easy. The alternative would be to try to walk through this world without any support from Jesus at all. The hard part of living would be very difficult to walk through the seasons and situations and circumstances of life with no hope. Cancer is coming. Whether you're a Christian or non-Christian, cancer is going to come. Death is going to come whether you know Christ or not. Tornadoes come. And you know what? The tornado doesn't say, where are the Christians at? I've got to avoid that area. Okay, spin around. Tornadoes come for believers and unbelievers. The rain falls on the just and on the unjust. The sun rises on the righteous and on the unrighteous. These things happen. And what Jesus is saying is like, the way I make things easy is that I make an unbearable life bearable. Praise God. I make a hopeless life have hope. Not only in this life, but also in the future. Jesus' yoke is easy and light in the sense that he makes it possible for believers to walk with joy in the commands of God. So the Old Testament that used to crush us, used to beat us up, used to just bring condemnation, that very word of God through Jesus becomes a joy to me because Christ transforms my heart and how I read it and how I receive it. Okay, 1 John 5.3 says this. It says, For this is the love of God, that we keep his commandments and his commandments are not burdensome. His commandments are not burdensome. So many times Christians who are not walking with the Lord look at the commands of God and they're like, oh, what a burden. Look at all those commands from Jesus. I mean, he asked me for my heart and stuff. He asked me to obey him, lay my life down. When you're not walking with Christ or not walking in the word, those commandments are burdensome. In fact, they're more burdensome than the Old Testament. Because Jesus is more specific to the heart. But if you're walking with Christ and you're yoked up with Christ and you're walking in the Spirit and you're confessing sin, you're doing these things, you look at the commandments, you're like, what a joy to do this. This is awesome. Look how much grace God has shown me in my own life. And as you're yoked up with Christ, Jason Nightingale, who spoke at this church many times, he's now with Jesus, he said this about the yoke. He said, as you're yoked up with Christ, he just pulls better than you. And he pulls harder than you so that you don't have to pull alone. If you're yoked up with Christ, the reality of the joy of that life is that Christ pulls harder than than you and he pulls better than you. And he leads you to good paths. 
And right, and when we agree with that, it's a beautiful thing. When we agree with Jesus to follow him wherever he says we're going to go, it's a beautiful, wonderful experience, and it's the best life ever. But when we're fighting against Jesus, it gets pretty painful. Can I get a witness? When we, you know, you got when you're yoked up with Christ as a believer, and you're looking at Jesus and like, hey, I know you're gentle, I know you're lowly, but I'd rather go this way. Can I go this way? I know you died on the cross for me. I know you sacrificed your life for me and you resurrected from the dead. I get all that, but I'd like to go this way. Life's going to get painful because joy is only found in going where Jesus directs. And so many Christians experience lack of joy because you are fighting against the yoke of your Savior. You want to go a different direction. And you wonder why life is so hard for you right now. It's because you are not following Jesus. When you yoke up, he's going to tell you which way to go. You know what? Just go with him. And he'll give you joy. So the Christian life is hard, but it's also easy and light. In that when we walk with Christ, God makes even our most incredible sacrifices not feel so incredible. And here's what I mean. Hudson Taylor said this, the great missionary to China, he said, I never made a sacrifice. Hudson Taylor said this, hundreds of thousands of people came to Christ in China because this man believed the gospel of Christ and risked his life to go to China to get the gospel to people who had never heard it before. And at the end of his life, so many things had happened. Trials, tribulations, great fruit, amazing growth. And he said, I never made a sacrifice. What? How can you say that? You laid your whole life down for the Chinese. How how can you say you never made a sacrifice? You didn't get to live the London dream. He said, looking back over a life in which that element was certainly not lacking, but what he said was true, for the compensations were so real and so lasting that he came to see that giving up is inevitably receiving when one is dealing heart to heart with God. When you give up control of your yoke to Jesus, it's the greatest life ever. There is no greater life than when you're surrendered to Christ in the yoke. So Jesus is calling you to yoke up with him, which will transform your life. Everyone's tired and yoked up in a lot of ways. So for some of you this morning, you're not Christians, and you're wondering why life is so heavy. You came to this church just because you're like, I don't know, I guess I'll just come check it out. You wonder why your life is so burdened, full of heavy things, It's because everybody's is filled with heavy things. And the only way to be saved is to switch your yoke. So for some of you this morning, you're non-Christians. You need to switch the yoke from your sin, from the world, from your own flesh to believe in Jesus. It'll be scary, but it'll be the greatest decision you've ever made in your life. Christ died for you. He rose again for you. And if you'll believe in him and put on that yoke with him, your life will be transformed. And for those of you who know Christ, you've yoked up with Jesus. You did it years ago or months ago or whatever. And you've had some doubts. 
this yoke? Is this really the thing? I want to encourage you Christians who have yoked up with Christ. It is the greatest life possible for you. To stay with Jesus in the yoke and to not fight him where he wants to take you. Release control to your yoke fellow Christ. Let him lead you down paths of blessing and glory and honor. And what Paul said, for this light momentary affliction is working for us an eternal weight of glory, which is beyond comprehension. (laughs) You stay with Jesus. There is not only joy in this life, but there is glory forevermore that you can't even comprehend right now. Stay with him on the yoke. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this time in the word. Jesus, you are so amazing. You call us to take your yoke upon us. And oh God, would you work in the heart of every Christian right now to respond to you and pray to you? And Lord, just do business with you right now, Lord, as they, maybe they're fighting the yoke a little bit. But God, would you just please help them see that submission to Christ and obedience to Christ is not empty or vain. Submission and obedience to the yoke is a beautiful thing that will reap eternal rewards. And Lord, if there's anybody here who's a sinner and has not switched over the yoke yet, has not given up that original yoke of sin and man-pleasing and legalism and all the expectations of this world. If there's even one person here, God, would you give them the grace to switch over today? Please, Lord, would you please save them? Cause them to repent of their sin and trust in Jesus and take on his yoke. God, give us grace now as we take the next few minutes just to respond to you. In our chairs, Lord, just give us grace to pray well, to think well about you, and to make real changes in our lives. Give us grace in Jesus' name.